When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Happy bye week, Stephen M. Sibyl. Happy bye week to you, Sean. I hope you've gotten your life in order and solved the world's problems. We got a few more days of bye week. Well, we got we still got a lot of problems in this world, and including one that comes to mind immediately. What the hell am I drinking? This is a what? So we have an espresso, espresso. Um, original line machine in the office, hmm. and we've taught Stephen M. Sipple how to use the pods and make it. It's a two button thing, and mm-hmm. he makes the correct one, which is basically an americano. He grabbed an orange pod. Those are the pumpkin spice flavored pods. I thought I did something wrong. Goes, what did I do wrong to my espresso? Why does this taste funny? I said, are you drinking the orange one? And he said, yeah, that's a pumpkin pod. So Steve. I literally thought I messed up something in the process. Just call him PSL Steve Sipple. What the hell pumpkin is Pumpkin spice latte. Why is there? This is the time of year we just got to get through where everything's pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. Hey, it's Halloween. Well, anyway, we are <laughs> okay, sure. we're in the bite, and you're probably wondering where is Robin Washett? Yeah, where um, is Robin? He is in Minneapolis uh, at Big Ten Basketball Media Days. So, unfortunately, no Robin this week on the shows. And Robin does have a pretty big following. His building, his crowd has gotten bigger and bigger, bigger than ours, bigger than ours, pretty much. So, so um, we better do well today. Robin will be back with us, but he's gone this week. But uh, let's get into it because we're, we're back from Illinois. Uh, we heard from Matt Rule on Tuesday here in Lincoln as the Huskers go through this bye week. Uh, Nebraska practices this week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, they've got one coach out for the entire week recruiting. The remainder of the staff will be out on Thursday and Friday. That includes Matt Rule. Uh, you're limited on how you recruit during a bye week. You're given 33 total days that you can use for your 11 available bodies that can go out. So that comes out to three per day per coach if everybody goes out. Um, but Matt Rule will go out this week. Um, in the meantime, a lot of focus on fundamentals and practice things here on Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, they went at it on Tuesday. He said they played ball on Tuesday. So there was probably a fair amount of live sc- – I don't know, maybe not. I mean, there was. he said they played ball. I took that as they scrimmaged. Um, so, yeah, they got to get better. There's a – you know, we do this every single year during a bye week. We we talk about this balance they have to achieve between guys getting a break and actually getting some work done, not taking a step back, not relaxing too much. I don't think you want to relax too much. Um, at least that's the way I would approach it. I don't think you. I don't think so. I don't think you want to relax too much. But anyway, they'll try to get better while also getting some time off. They have some guys that need some time off. Um, and then they need some guys that need to work on ball security, Anthony Grant. Do you ever – okay, I, I'll go back to 99, one of my first years covering the team as a professional, as a student actually, but um, did, they had fumble issues that year. And 
that cost them essentially a national championship um, with the lost fumbles in that game at Texas. Uh, but I don't recall like a specific player in a role like Grant's where we've talked about the fumbling as much as we have. No, I've never remembered it to be this out in the open. It's just two lost fumbles, but both have been in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then he had the fumbles in the scrimmages in August that Matt Rule noted, but two fourth quarter fumbles in Big Ten games. Well, and he apparently fumbled Tuesday last week in practice, then Wednesday last week in practice, and then Saturday. And then, he, of course, he fumbled Saturday in the game, which Rule, yeah, Rule. I mean, here's the thing about Matt. He'll talk about it to us. I get the impression he'll talk about it to us if he's already talked about it with the player. He'll talk, he'll talk about an issue and address issue, an issue or issues as long as he's talked about it with the team already. Yeah, because this is his – I mean, now that you mentioned I'm glad you mentioned it. I've never heard a, a coach talk so openly about a single player's issues. This issue, you know, it's not a personal issue. It's just a, Sean, it's just a technical football issue. You can talk about it, right? And it doesn't have to be a big it's emotion. It's never emotional. It's always technical. Yeah, right. Like, he's not emotionally upset. He wants to fix this technically. And it really comes down to the way he protects the ball, the way he leaves it open, um, you know, to fumble. And I thought it was interesting that he said Heinrich Harburg, on the other hand, holds a football as well as you possibly can. And head coach Tom Osborne was at practice Tuesday, and he even commented about Harburg's superior ball security that he saw this week. Yeah, it looks kind of funny the way Heinrich carries it, but that is absolutely the way that coaches want want runners to carry the ball, high and tight, high and tight. It looks kind of funny when he's doing it. Um, but you ain't getting that thing out. No, you're right. Exactly, Sean. It doesn't look as cool. You know, it looks cooler when you're holding it down a little lower, right? It does. Um, you know, you know, so yeah, that Anthony Grant, Anthony Grant has to have a week here where he holds on to the ball. Now, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask Matt during the spiel, and people can listen to it. Just go on our website. You can you can listen to Matt Rule's press conference in its entirety. I wanted to ask Matt. So is Anthony Grant still number one? Is he number one in the depth chart? Would you go? I mean, Emma Johnson then would be number one. <laughs> Sean I, or Fleeks. Or Fleeks, yeah, right. and he commented Joshua Fleeks. Now Fleeks only played a little bit in that game at Illinois, so it's really hard to know where he's at in this discussion. Um, but because you saw Emmett Johnson play the second most snaps, and Fleeks only played, I believe, one, maybe two snaps in that game. Not not any more than that, though. So, uh, but with the bye week, with extra fundamental practices, this would be a good time to get a guy like Fleeks going. But God. They need Anthony Grant. Yeah, they do. They need to get this part of the equation solved, though. And again, we're talking about it, but if you listen to Rule, if you listen to that press conference, which I encourage people to do, he's the one who brought it up, right? basically, right? Yeah. And he said, I'm not okay. He said the words, I'm not okay with Anthony Grant. Well, the question was about Anthony's health, more or less. It had nothing to do with the fumbling. And he said, I'm not okay with Anthony. Because I, I think there was a thought that his ankle was still bad, but he did go back in the game. The fumble happened after his ankle injury took place. Okay. So he fumbled. Also, Emmett Johnson fumbled. I mean, they both fumbled. Both in the fourth quarter. Yeah, in the, in the red zone. So not, not good. Now, it didn't, it didn't cost him. I mean, you know, it, I never thought, and this is just my commentary here, but I thought I, it, when those plays occurred – 
I didn't think Nebraska was in trouble because the way his defense was playing. And, and as you noted throughout the game, Illinois' offensive line was really banged up. We're in, even against Minnesota, their defense played well. Minnesota just made a couple of humongous plays. Yeah. I mean, that fourth down touchdown throw, yeah. that's a one out of 50 throw. It is. Seriously, and I'm not exaggerating. It may, maybe, maybe one out of 100. I mean, the way that ball and the way his feet, and they didn't call the penalty. There was a false start on the play at the left tackle. <laughs> you were really big on that. Well, you could see it a mile away. I mean, you're like, wait a minute. That guy moved he well before moved. the snap it, happened. It was really suspect to me that that what flag wasn't thrown. I got to admit, it was suspect. Like, why did you let that go? Okay, but we talk about the fine line of Nebraska football. Think about that. Think about the goal line stand. Yeah. Such a fine line of a win or a loss. What a goal line stand that was. Yeah, the goal line stand, and we didn't uh, we didn't hit on this before. I opening, I want to make sure I get this in opening headlines. Marcus Washington, Steve, out for the season. Oh God, yes. Uh, ACL knee injury. We'll have surgery once the swelling goes down, but um, no word on if he could potentially get a year back. Probably unlikely. He's already a six year senior, um, but we've seen seventh year guys in college football, and I don't know Marcus's past injury history at Texas if there would be enough there to get a, another year. Probably not, but. Um, Matt Rule did say he's never been a part of anything like this year where so many frontline key players on offense at receiver. When you talk about Xavier Betts leaving, uh, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda going down with injury, now Marcus Washington, Arik Gilbert, the tight end, uh, you know, being kicked off or arrested uh, you know, from the team, and then the two running backs with Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin Jr., both going down with season-ending injuries. And people are just waiting to say, and Jeff Sims. And Jeff Sims went down, the quarterback. It's been incredible. It has. And I asked Rule today, does this impact the way you approach the offense in terms of identity? And he said, no. He said, you always, he said, the bedrock of this program will always be we run the ball and we stop the run. So, (laughs) okay, but you're down two running backs. You have a third, Anthony Grant, who's got a fumbling issue, apparently. And that, then you have a redshirt freshman, undersized, Emmett Johnson, undersized, um, and a converted receiver, Joshua Fleeks. We haven't seen Quentin Ives. And it's my what – I, what I say is it's just not – you just don't throw Quentin Ives out there. I mean, Illinois is not a good, great defense, but it's big up front, big and physical. Two NFL guys in their interior line. A top ten pick. Yeah, it's – it's interesting to me how casually people just say, well, why don't you throw Ives in there? What, really? I mean, there's two NFL players in there. I mean, he's a kid. An 18-year-old going against – I mean, you think about the Big Ten. Every one of these coaches is a 5 to $10 million a year coach. I mean, right. These are legit this isn't the Mountain West. No, 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 no. I'm not disparaging the Mountain West, but it's not the Mountain West. I mean, this is, this is as close to the NFL as you're going to get. It's NFL developmental football. Right. So, it's – hey, man, they're – they're, Satterfield, listen, it absolutely impacts all these injuries the way you evaluate Marcus Satterfield. It abs- you can't you you have to be fair now in this discussion. He doesn't have the he doesn't have his bullets, Sean. He doesn't have all his bullets. He has a few bullets left. That's it. He has a few bullets left. All right, we'll delve into that offensive discussion more here as we'll talk offensive bye week storylines. You're listening here to the Hoscar Line Show. 
Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, as uh, we're talking, uh, Nebraska's went over Illinois and bye week headlines here. I'm uh, going to talk offensive storylines, but before we get to that, Steve, this segment of the show brought to you by Bauer Underground. They're helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future, and they're looking for new members to join their team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction. Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employer-paid health insurance, dental, disability, vision, and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and a clothing allowance. No experience. You, you get a kick out of it, don't I, you? I was thinking about something else. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm always thinking you're going to leave me just to go to Bauer for the clothing allowance. You're like, you know what? This ain't a bad deal. I need some clothes. I'm going to go work for Bauer. It's more clothes. The clothing allowance gets you every time, just like the Hummer line on, on Larson Motors. But uh, you don't have experience in utility underground construction? No problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field, giving you the hands-on experience you need for a long and rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view the testimonials from current Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture, and the importance of their work. Bauer Underground is family-owned with crews and work sites across Nebraska, wherever you live. Bauer has an opportunity for you. For more information, like Bauer Underground on Facebook or visit BauerUnderground.com. Come start your new career today. All right, let's delve back in to the offensive storylines here because the quarterback discussion continues, I don't want to say complicate itself, but it's becoming more and more fascinating because I don't think when Heinrich Harburg started the game against uh, Northern Illinois, the thought was that come Northwestern after the bye, he would still beat the guy, hmm. but he's kind of grasped it each week. He has. And he's won. He's 3-1. and one, And I, I think if they would have lost or looked shaky – that would have maybe opened the door to go back to Jeff Sims, but he's made it hard for them to go back to Jeff Sims. Yeah, that's the feeling you get listening to Matt Rule today. This was Tuesday that Matt Rule met with the media. And it – I don't know, Sean, didn't you think coming away from that, it sounds like it's Heinrich now. It, it, it's not – it doesn't sound like it's something they're messing around with. It's Heinrich until it's Sims, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Heinrich as long as he keeps winning and playing well. And he certainly has a shot here because the schedule's, you know, the schedule's very manageable. Like, again, these the reason football is so appealing in our format is because there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about, Sean. Yeah, he's got a nice schedule ahead. As Nebraska does, but these injuries complicate everything. It's tough. See, okay, Sean, let's let's just talk about it. We just, we just agreed that you evaluate Satterfield differently now, right, because of all the injuries. Well, sh shouldn't it follow that we evaluate Heinrich differently too? Because he doesn't have the available weapons either. Right. There, I mean, there, 
Correct. I don't know if there's ever been a time in the last 15, 20 years where the receiver position has been this decimated at Nebraska. So you lose your top two running backs on the depth chart, Ramir, Johnson. Three, three of your top four receivers. Three of your top four receivers. If you're, if you're counting Xavier Betts, and I am. Yeah, I am too. I am too, 100. And I'll, I'll even count Elante Brown because I think yeah. Yeah. pre-spring we thought Elante Brown. I oh, mean, yeah. So like really four of their top five guys – when rule first got here. So what's he throwing to you? Lo- you lose your biggest downfield threat, your most prominent downfield threat, your most dangerous downfield threat and Xavier Betts. Then you lose your second most dangerous Isaiah. downfield threat. Well, I was going to say Marcus Washington. Then your third most prominent downfield threat, Isaiah Garcia, <laughs> Castaneda. I mean, ne- you really don't have a downfield guy now, not one that's proven. You, you could say Malachi Coleman, well, by the way, that's where you insert the three true freshmen because because Rule talked about it at length Tuesday. Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Jalen Lloyd, it's time. Now now you got to see passes thrown their way. Yeah, Malachi Coleman's already played more than four. Uh, Jalen Lloyd's played four games. Yeah, yeah. And Jaden Doss played his first game. So you have to think all three of those guys are not – I mean, two. I mean, they're not, they're not redshirt. They're not redshirt. They're going to have to play them. Jaden Doss – uh, with an extra week of practice and time and then multiple home games here in, in October, you would think they get him going these next two weeks. Absolutely, Sean. They, and they called a reverse for him against Illinois. Got got scratched out. They called an audible because Illinois blitzed a corner. But And, I, and I've said on the show, and I mean it, Doss I think is the best of the, those three. And I think that will prove itself out over time. They brought him back pretty quick from a was broken arm. Was it an arm. arm injury? Yeah, it was a broken arm. He broke his arm. Now it's a, probably a broken bone in his arm. A fracture, small. Yeah, but but Rule characterizes it as a broken arm. Now usually he wouldn't come back that fast from a broken arm. It's probably a broken bone in his arm, is my guess. Broken I don't arm know. once, and I mean yeah. it usually was like a three month. You know, it takes a good solid three months on a tradition. But so it, you know, whatever it was, a small fracture. But having him back now, I mean, they got to take advantage of it. Oh uh, yeah, well he's good. I think you can take advantage of it. You just you're, you're gonna you have to start seeing the ball go those guys' way now, and see, we'll see what it looks like. Don't you think the base set though is going to be more uh, of a two tight end, two wide receiver personnel, where you Could have Borkature and Fedoni or one of those other fullback guys in there, and then Alex Bullock and Kemp. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of not much firepower out I mean, of that perimeter no. there, my friend. Well, it's a lot. I mean. I don't want to use the Iowa example, but that's kind of what you are at that point. You're just a ball control underneath throwing offense mm-hmm. that just fights and scratches for field position and first downs. Yeah. Puts a lot, of, puts the onus on the, the offensive line, number one. It's a pretty good run blocking crew, though. It's just you're down running backs. And they, they, they this is, listen, Satterfield and that staff on the side, on the offensive side has to be really creative, patient. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, they got a lot to think about right now on this bye week. What did rule say too? That was interesting to me was that teams are defending Harburg pretty similarly. They're, they're dropping eight Russian three, dropping eight playing man. And so they're, they're fanning back people to, to deflect passes that, cause he's got that low slot arm on his throw. Uh, but they're also taking away the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have that many people drop back, and mm-hmm. it's hard for Harburg to fit the ball in there, um, and you know that's where Nebraska's got to run it better. If teams are going to only rush three, 
you got to run it. You got to take advantage of it with runs. Yeah, how's it? So what you're saying, what you're suggesting is by dropping eight, it helps contain. Is it help stop the quarterback from getting downfield? Is that what you're saying? Well, it makes the windows tighter for the throws. Well, sure. And then they're also putting more eyes on him as a runner. Okay. So when he when he's gonna take off, there's more people to okay. defend him. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, he's not gonna be you know like early on in the year. He he, you know, I, I, he had some big running opportunities. I don't think teams are going to blitz him that hard because he's faster than all linebackers and D linemen and some defensive and backs. some defensive backs. So yeah. you can't really put yourself at a disadvantage by missing on a blitz when you know he can take off and run. Fedoni becomes really important in these discussions. He, he's had a good year, twelve catches. Fedoni has twelve catches, um, and he needs to keep. Being very productive. I think he's 15 now, right? He has 30, 30 targets for 15 catches. Ooh, I thought he. I thought. I thought I saw 12 today. Whatever the case, he's one of their. He's well. I would, according to rule, Fedoni would be maybe the main target. If not, if it's not Kemp, it's Fedoni, and then Bullock. Those are your. Those are your main targets. Well, so yeah. that's what you got to go with. And hope Kemp, those guys stay healthy. Kemp needs like 10 targets a game. You're right. It's 12. He's got 30 targets, though. That's okay. what it was. Okay. Um, he's got the second most targets only to Kemp. Yeah. So um, those are your guys. I mean, he's got more targets than Bullock. Mm-hmm. Bullock has kind of – his number of targets have gone down mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year. So, yeah, you got to – he's got. He's kind of making do with chicken wire. Satterfield's making do with chicken wire, basically. He's trying to patch it. Sean, that was a horrible way to say it. He's trying to patch this together with chicken wire is what he's trying to do. Can I say Coming that? from a guy with a chicken coop. Can I say that, Abby? I think that makes sense. He's got to keep the foxes out of the chicken I need coop. some more pumpkin, right. whatever that is. PSL, espresso. I need some more pumpkin espresso. Wow. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some defensive storylines next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple talking uh, Nebraska defense here. Uh, before we get to that, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Home Field Apparel. Uh, there are a lot of collegiate brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best. Some of Husker Online's favorites are the Volleyball Day shirts, uh, the Centennial Ringer Tee, and the Shuckham Huskers Long Sleeve Tee. Be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Nebraska, and see what we're talking about. There's also currently an exclusive football bundle, which includes a baseball tee, sweats, a hoodie, and more. It's the perfect gift for fellow Husker fans or the perfect gift to treat yourself for being a loyal Husker fan. And our listeners get an exclusive deal by using code Huskers23. That's Huskers23, and that will get you 15% off your first order. 
We know you're all wearing Husker gear, so if you're in need of the fre- uh, a refresh, we really think you should check out Homefield Apparel. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. Find them at homefieldapparel.com, and again, use promo code HUSKERS23 for 15% off your first order. Thank you again to Homefield Apparel for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. Okay, Steve Sipple, let's talk defense because that goal line stand, if we're sitting in Detroit or Las Vegas or Phoenix Phoenix for a bowl game in December, we're going to go back to that moment because that, that was maybe the moment that helped get Nebraska's turn to making a bowl game. And you knew it was going to be tough. We knew every one of these games was going to be just a back alley Columbus, Nebraska South Omaha fist fight. <laughs> Gee, Sean. And, um, and yeah. there were going to be moments like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a moment. So Illinois marched it down the field really good with its, its script. Its scripted plays were excellent, obviously. Marched it down the field. Got, and actually, Nebraska held firm on at the one-yard line twice on third down and fourth, fourth down. I swear to God, Sean, and this is where we sometimes reveal ourselves as idiots, we, we gave – and everybody gave Ty Robinson the tackle on that fourth and one. I watched the play over and over. It looked like Van Poppel to me. Am I wrong? And Am I crazy? One of them too, right? Am I crazy? Van Poppel was involved in the stand-up, right? Like he I, I know. I thought he. I thought he hit the guy first. Reggie and Love. One. It's really hard to see. I thought. I thought Van Poppel hit Reggie Love first. Van Poppel. The freshman. I'm going to go with what you're saying. If you watch, I, I watched it over and over yesterday. I was like, wow. I said, Ty Robinson, this looks like Van Poppel. And Matt Rule today commented about Riley Van Poppel in the Michigan game. He said, I watched him stand up against that great Michigan O-line, and they're not moving him back. No, he he didn't back down against Michigan. And you're right, Rule said that today. Van Poppel is a dude. I mean, he's in there on fourth and one. In that situation, as a true freshman, okay, they got something there. I mean, they clearly have something there. And... He, I think he he made first contact with Reggie Love. Now it's hard. You're right. It's hard. You, you don't see, you know, everything's bunched up. It's you don't get a great view. But I watched it over and over. I swear to God, it was Van Poppel. Yeah, Argyle, Texas, true freshman, wow. son, son of former pro baseball player Todd Van Poppel. And the thing about Riley, he always wanted to be a Husker. He was committed to Nebraska from the jump. I mean, he was committed to the previous staff, stayed on board with the new staff, and. Being a Husker was important to him. He's playing like that right now. Yeah, he is. And like I said, well, now he's in their heavy packages, so he's gonna he's gonna keep playing a lot. So that, but that stand, you're right, Sean. We might look back on that one as as the as a turning point type play in the season. And then they, of course, they got another fourth and one stop later in the game where Nash clearly was the guy in that one. You saw, you know, which one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, Nash hit the guy first, and Henrik came in with the assist and that was a big play too those two fourth and ones were were grown man plays I beautiful to, beautiful to watch another guy i want to bring up here is jamari butler oh god yes. um, he played 54 snaps that was by far the most he's seen in a game in his career mm-hmm. uh, last year he never even saw 20 in a game there's so, guys yeah go ahead so the jump that he has made and he graded out well um you know as a pass rusher uh, he had a sack and a half in that game. I, I just thought, you know, when you talk about guys that were important on that game for defense, Jamari Butler was right up there. Yeah, he's a guy that what 
you can identify a few guys that have clearly bought in and they're, they're kind of, okay, this is, this, it's questionable to use this term with these kids, but teacher's pet type guys that you can tell that Rule really likes Jamari Butler and Tommy Hill, right? He really likes those guys. And those guys were not necessarily prominent last year. Tommy Hill, in fact, got benched. Jamari Butler wasn't a key guy last year, Sean. He's become a key guy. His whole demeanor has changed. You can see the buy-in. He's, he has a lot more fire and confidence now. So it's kind of fun. It's, I, I think it's kind of fun in our shoes to watch these type of guys develop, where you're like, hmm, Jamari Butler. Remember, hmm. though, Garrett Nelson was here last year. I yeah. mean, so the, the, the line was a lot longer it was for Jamori Butler to get out there. It was. It and was now the, he's back to the front of the line. Yeah, he's at the front. Always, oh, he's, he's he's starting now. Blaze, uh, Blaze Gunnerson only played eleven snaps the other day. I, banged up. I wondered about that. Did was he? Did he get demoted or is he banged up? Well, Rule said today he's banged up. He's, he was banged up. One thing I'm interested in is, uh, uh, and we'll never know this until maybe we see a practice again, like a bowl game or something, the black shirts. Like, have they changed black shirts on guys? I mean, but I, I do think Rule is smart. He sees how nutty it can get here. And, like, they don't make a big deal if, like, a new guy gets a black shirt. Or, yeah, nobody's asking about it either. No, and, well, because it, it's hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, if now if Tony White was available this week, maybe you'd ask that question. But but he doesn't get asked it either. No, and but again, maybe he wouldn't want to say like. Well, I know because you don't want to overdo it, like headline it and, and make a big deal about. Well, yeah. It. I think the biggest thing is you don't want to write. They don't want to say it's so and so lost his right. black shirt. Right. It gets then you're doing kind of a week by week update, which is I don't know. It's just they've iffy. kept it internal in terms of the day to day of it. Do, do our viewers and our listeners want a week-to-week update? No. no there do they, I, Sean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that some do. Well, I do wonder about, like, there's certain guys, like Jab and Wright, just play a lot of snaps. Like, does Chief Borders still have the black shirt? Good question. I mean, based on his snap numbers, he shouldn't. Right. But does he? I mean, we don't know the answers um, to some of those things, and rules seem to be pretty – strict about you know not playing not giving out more necessary so did tommy hill get a black shirt because of the injury that happened uh, earlier here well would tommy hill have already had one i mean the way they talk about him it seems like he, he would with deshaun singleton yeah yeah without deshaun singleton yeah it'd be nice to sit down and have a beer with rule and ask him some of these questions like why did mj sherman play 65 snaps matchups yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be matchup. Might might been style of offense that they face, but that's by far. It's not even close. That's by, that's by far the most snaps MJ Sherman's played this year. He played. I'm, I'm going to say 65, which is more than. I think Sean, it's more double what he's. And played. during the, almost double what he's. And played. during the spring, you would have thought. I mean, if you just said who's a for sure, I, I would have thought MJ Sherman would have been a for sure black shirt in the spring, yeah, and he wasn't. He wasn't a black shirt to start the season. All right, when we come back, Abby Barmore will join the show and we'll take your questions here in the mailbag. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Siffel, Abby Barmore joining us. Remember, Robin Washett off at Big Ten Media Days, so not with us this week on the show. But uh, before we get to the mailbag with Abby, this segment of the Husker Online show uh, brought to you by uh, CHI and specifically their pediatric place at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Lincoln, uh, children are little. Their emergencies aren't. Accidents happen and illnesses don't wait until 8 a.m. Pediatric place at CHI Health St. Elizabeth's is the only ER for kids. It's open 24-7 for pediatric emergency care. It's child-friendly rooms and private waiting area help put kids at ease. Check out the pictures of the rooms at chihealth.com pediatric place. They have an expert staff to specialize in pediatric emergency care. To learn more about Lincoln's only ER for kids, visit chihealth.com slash pediatric place. And let me tell you, Seb, yeah, for kids going to an emergency room, um, it, it's nice to have that at St. E's where Looks you, nice. you're not going to go in there and <laughs> it's going to be crazy full of a lot of things. It's uh, a, a great thing offered at St. E's. So thank you yeah. uh, for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. But Abby, let's get into the mailbag uh, what do you have to start out with this week? Okay, our first one. Do you think Nebraska's starting quarterback for the 2024 season is currently on the roster? Whoa, what a question. Um, <laughs> I think you have to say yes for now until we know what happens, until we see the pool of things that open and how the – because what if, what if, Steve Sipple, mm-hmm. they make a bowl, they win a bowl with one of these two quarterbacks? Yeah, you have to leave open the possibility of significant progress for not only Heinrich Harburg, but for Jeff Sims and Chubba Purdy. Yeah, what if Chubba Purdy turns into Brock Purdy, who, by the way, is freaking good. Yeah, Brock Purdy. Yeah, we can get to that <laughs> later. But the, the, for sure, you have – I just leave open the possibility that they're going to make incremental leaps, especially Heinrich Harburg, who's in his first year as a starter, sophomore, first year of college action. His leap should be pretty sizable. And if you're a Nebraska fan, I would like to think you hope that you see those going forward. Because if he makes – well, Sean, I mean, they're they're really hurting on offense right now because of injuries. They need him. They need him to be good. Well, you know? and who in the portal can you get that you know for sure is going to be better than those guys? Right. I, I hate that whole fallback mentality. And these guys are so, so, so. Let's just go to the portal. Well, and if you take one from the portal, you might lose two from your roster. Right. So I'm not only saying leave open the possibility of – improvement from Heinrich Harburg, but Jeff Sims. The big wild card is we don't see practice. You know, every day they're practicing. Every day the coaches are laying eyes on him and then watching film of him, breaking down everything. I think if you're a Nebraska fan, you hope, you hope against hope that it looks good, that it looks good in practice, and that they're confident with these guys. So, yeah, I would – the question is, do you think – Nebraska's starting QB is currently on the roster for 2024. Yeah, I do. I do. I think so. Odds are yes. All right, next question. Our next one. Is Tony White going to be hard to keep on this staff after this season? I think he will be. um, But, again, like, is he looking for a group of five head jobs? Okay, I'm going to throw one out there. Like, 
what if San Diego State opens? That's a job that it's been talked about because they've kind of slipped back. Mm -hmm. He's got a West Coast background. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. San Diego State would Good be match. a great job for Tony White. And Good if, match. if they went at him, I think he'd look at that. And Gosh, they can right. pay, San Diego State can pay like three. Three mil? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Two to three. Okay. They're, they're going to pay, you know, so like what would be the number they'd have to raise him? Because right now, White makes. I would not say significantly, but quite a bit less than Satterfield. Now, they both make over a million, but Satterfield is the higher paid of the two coordinators. I do think it's safe to say Tony White's going to get a raise by the end of the year. Yeah, he's intriguing. Um, there, I mean, Sean, to put it this way, going into the season, would you have expected at the midpoint that they'd be number 22 nationally in yards per play allowed? They are number 20. They're a top 25 defense, Sean. I mean, they're they're ninth against the run. I think a ninth nationally. Against, yeah, they are ninth nationally against the run. It's similar. I mean, it's not quite like Bo Pelini 3 because that was quite a jump they mm -hmm. made. I mean, when you talk about the turnovers they forced that 3 season, but you know he's had that type of impact on this team the way the defense is playing year over year. Who would have expected that, what, Sean? What if in August I would have said, "Hey, I think this defense can be a top twenty-five defense." You would have said, "Okay, simple." Calm down. Considering we knew nothing about Tony White or the 335, and a lot of people were critical of the 335, I think the 335 is a scheme a lot of people are going to start running. I think it gives a lot of problems to defense or offense. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to make that evaluation, but it's, it looks good to me. All right, next question. Okay, what are your, rea your reactions to Omaha Central lineman Caleb Pye from decommitting from Illinois and is Nebraska back in this one? Mm. I, you know, I can't get a read on mm. if it was him or them. Like what, why the breaking happened, um, but I would have to think it was him. And there's a lot of rumblings about Missouri being in the picture. I don't believe Nebraska is in the picture. I never got the sense that they were totally in love with Caleb Pifram. Um, they recruited him. They offered him an opportunity to come to Nebraska. He chose to extend out the process in June and take more visits, kind of putting Nebraska after his visits happened, and then they filled up and they told him that. So. I don't see how that's changed as far as their numbers. Okay. Next question. Okay. Why is Rule calling untimely timeouts? I think he had three early in the third quarter last game. And are him and Satterfield not agreeing on play calls or what's going on there? <laughs> Boy. I, I mean, Sean, the second part of that is, well, a head coach and an offensive coordinator aren't always going to agree. I'm not soft-pedaling that, um, Abby. I'm not dodging it. I mean, I just – it's hard to know, and you'll never get a straight answer. I mean, Rule doesn't want to – he doesn't want that, you know, that narrative to crop up because it becomes a distraction. It be, people fixate on things like that. He doesn't need that, so he's never going to admit – he's never going to admit it. What's said on headsets I think would boggle people's mind. I mean, well, <laughs> I do. I mean, I know what happens on headsets, and it's fairly predictable i still think it'd freak people out who was it was it papuchas thought that he was going to be fired or one of the coaches under Polini? <laughs> oh god the Polini headset stories are like guys incredible. legitimately thought they might be out of work after the game right and then, and then bo just talked to him like nothing happened right but but you know you i mean I, i've heard not just the Polini head coaching time just basically it just gets kind of rough on those things but anyway why is rule calling untimely timeouts sean I'll let you handle that one. I don't. Is he calling untimely timeouts? I think they've had a couple where the play clock gets down or the look, but I mean that's just football. I'm not going to make a big deal about that. Have you? Have they been? 
I ask these questions like I haven't watched the games, but have they been caught in the fourth quarter short? Not no. really. Now, no, the management haven't. situation at the end of the half at Illinois, especially when Harburg threw instead of running. Bad and, management. And Rule called that out, that they call the QB run, and Harburg checked or did a throw. Bad management. So that, that should get your attention. But all right, yeah. Abby, um, we got time. Final question. What do you have? Okay, our last one. If you could drink only water in one other drink for the rest of your life, what would you pick? And it can be alcoholic or not. Oh, gosh. Milk. It's a hard one. Milk. I'd have to have milk. Milk? Yeah. Over margaritas? Yeah. I'd have to have milk. I can't not not have milk. I'm a, Sean, I'm a big milk drinker. I would. So water's one of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Water, milk. I'd have to have Americanos. Like, I, I need okay. to. I, That's fair. If you ask me caffeine versus alcohol, yeah. like beer, I mean, I, I still think the the caffeine is more necessary. Yeah, especially you. You got two daughters and me, my family situation. Yeah, I We need caffeine. I, I might even rethink it, Abby. I might need coffee. I mean, we need, uh, we can't. Now, if we were retired and sitting on a beach, what would you say? Margarita. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> what would you say? What would your alcohol be? You st- are, you, are you beer? I would probably, yeah, because I, I don't think I'd want to just like drink heavy whiskey cocktails all day. I mean, that why not? It'd be a problem. <laughs> it'd be a problem for a lot of people. <laughs> Is that a problem? Um, <laughs> You're not working. Your kids are grown. Coors, I mean, I'm a Coors Light. Twist off sixteen ounce by. I do enjoy Whistle Pig whiskey. Okay. Um, okay. Rob Robin, in fact, shot me a picture from his hotel in Minneapolis, um, and he was enjoying a nice Whistle Pig. Just now? Uh, no, last <laughs> night, the night before. <laughs> not not during the Media Days event. <laughs> Hello. Um, hey, that's a great question. Whoever I don't know who. That's a hard one. It's a really good one. And by the way, I do think there's a possibility Steve Sipple might have a post-game margarita delivered for the post-game show. So we'll stay tuned on that if that comes through. But I, I've got people um, have inquired about delivering you the post-game margarita. Well, I would welcome that. <laughs> it might help my mood. And we got 2.30 games, so it's doable this week. Okay. Yeah. And the next week probably is 2.32. But all right. Uh, thank you, Abby. Of course. Sorry, Abigail. All right. When we come back, we'll talk Big Ten games next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, final segment of the show. And this final segment brought to you, Steve Sipple, by our good friends at Larson Motors. Larson Motors in Nebraska City. If you are looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com. Sean, that's LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, Real deals. 
good time to go down to Nebraska City right now. The fall festival is going on. The yeah, great. It'd be busy down there this weekend. Yeah, I imagine, I always thought of Nebraska City as sort of this picturesque fall type city. So that'd be a good. It would be a good. It's time. the and you got Seward and Ralston are the Fourth of July cities. Yeah, South Omaha is the beer drinking part. Is, of, is that what that Columbus is? is too? Yeah, but and Nebraska City is the fall. The fall. The Apple Jacks. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, let's the get Apple in. <laughs> Uh, the Applejack Festival. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into um, Big Ten games from last week. Is okay. uh, the nice thing about playing Friday night? We got to be home Saturday and watch quite a bit of football. Um, Ohio State takes out Maryland, thirty-seven seventeen. Was close. In fact, it was tied at halftime. Then Ohio State ended up pulling away and they covered the number there. Uh, Wisconsin jumped up seventeen nothing on Rutgers, but only won twenty-four thirteen. So. Scarlet Knights made that interesting late. Northwestern, who will be in Lincoln next week, got all they could handle and more from Howard, a HBCU um, school, and they won 23-20. Iowa keeps figuring out ways to win. They beat Purdue, who will be here in a few weeks as well, uh, 20-14. Iowa now 5-1. and one. Um, Then Michigan takes out Minnesota 52-10, and obviously Nebraska 27 winner Friday night, but a lot there, um, Sip. I mean, that Michigan win on the road, I think we'll start there. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here in a little bit of time. Michigan goes on the road against Nebraska, then against Minnesota. In two games combined, commit, commits one penalty and no turnovers. Big flex, big flex. I mean, Michigan. Probably, they probably played their entire travel roster in both games. Yeah, that, that PJ Fleck thought they played seventy-four of seventy-five guys against Minnesota. Again, I reiterate, they went on the road and committed one penalty in two games and no turnovers. That's high level. Okay, so what you got is a team that's loaded with talent. I mean, loaded. The best, the best Michigan or the best Big Ten team that Fleck says he's seen in eleven years as a as a coach, or the best team. He said the best team I've seen in, in eleven years as a coach. Plus, they don't make mistakes. They have a quarterback who's completing almost 80% of his passes, makes no mistakes, was playing on a bum ankle, couldn't tell. He was, he was really good. So there was that game. The Iowa game, fascinating to me in that Iowa wins, even though Deacon Hill, their, their quarterback, completed 6 of 17 passes. 6 of 17. Got 110 yards on six completions. So that's pretty good. That's they're going to get a lot of shots. I guess, yeah. Their but, offense is really bad. Yeah. Johnson ran for 134 for Iowa. Yeah. Um, but their tight end all had 97 yards. Yeah. They got a couple guys. Somebody's got to get some yards. Northwestern, by the way, almost got 300 yards against Howard. They almost got 300 yards. They got 297 in, in beating Howard, 23-20. to 20. Very unimpressive, Sean. They couldn't get 300 on Howard. They couldn't get three. There's a backup quarterback, a guy named, guy named Brendan Sullivan. Um, they didn't, you know, Ben Bryant, who's been very good as their starter, didn't play because of injury. And will he be back for Nebraska? I, I don't know, but I think so. I don't know for sure, but I think so. Yeah, Wisconsin um, kind of pulled ahead. And, and let, let's get into week seven here because there is a big game to start out with here. Weeks, huge game. Uh, several huge games. but No, not several. One huge game. Um, Iowa, Wisconsin. That's it. On Fox, 3 o'clock. That's going to really be the game that gives somebody, one of those two teams, the tiebreaker, the leg up in the West. Oh, my God. If Wisconsin wins, really, it's going to be real. They go to 3-0. and It'll be really hard 
to, I'd say, catch them. Their schedule is very friendly going down the stretch. They get Ohio State at home. That's it. That's the only. They'll be favored in every game other than Ohio State after that. I imagine. Yeah. They're favored this week. Now, Iowa could really cause some upheaval in the West with a win. They could keep things really open if Iowa's able to win that game. And again, Iowa, really favorable schedule down the stretch. Iowa could do itself a huge favor. Iowa could become the favorite in the West with a victory at Wisconsin. That's it. You, what's UMass playing Penn State on October 14th for? That's an interesting late non-conference Penn game. State's a 43-point favor. Yeah, it's just like, what are we doing here at that point of the year? And then Illinois, Maryland, I'm more intrigued to see how Illinois bounces back. Are you really intrigued by that? Well, Are you going to watch that game, Sean? It's on NBC. <laughs> How intrigued. I might be somewhere in Kansas City. I don't know yet, but I'll be anywhere but watching. I'll that be game. walking around <laughs> some mall with my wife and daughter. I'd rather be walking around checking around scores. Yeah, yeah. That's usually how my bye weeks go. If but you're watching Illinois, Maryland, <laughs> Michigan State, Rutgers. Say. Like I'm, I'm watching that one just because Nebraska plays Michigan State, and Rutgers is only a five point favorite at home. So Michigan State, the spreads each weekend them are tight. Rutgers is a very, I'd say, a good defensive team, really challenged offensively, but real like dudes on defense. Dudes and Mi- on defense. Michigan's thirty three and a half over <laughs> Indiana. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a ton in a Big Ten game. The big game is in is in Camp Randall. The big game is in Camp Randall. Iowa, Wisconsin, yeah. three o'clock, Fox. So. Uh, we got six games with Big Ten teams uh, this weekend. Five of them are conference matchups, and the one matchup uh, with Penn State is a non-conference. So lots to keep up on. Obviously, we won't have a post-game show Saturday, and I urge you to watch our post-game show. It's become one of our more popular features on Husker Online. Had over 15,000 uh, total viewers for a show that was on at 1.30 in the morning um, out in Champaign, Illinois. Lots of fun. Um, so join us next week for that after Northwestern. Uh, we will have Husker Line headlines, though, this week and plenty of coverage here throughout the weekend. Robin's going to be coming back from Big Ten basketball. we got Husker volleyball. So make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. Uh, we are your authority on Nebraska athletics. You can try us out for $1 for your first month. Uh, so take advantage of that great special. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan signing off here for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.